You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Well, hello. I am so glad that you are tuning in today and watching online. This is definitely not what any of us expected church to look like today, but in light of this COVID-19 virus and the need for social distancing, here we are. Um, Man, I hope that you will take a minute today to visit our Let's Go Now page because we've set up several ways for you to be able to serve during this time, even from at home. If it would be some care calls that you could be involved in, checking on people in our church and in the area or or uh, feeding some of the kids who are out of school right now that that need help and and need some food as they are out of school. Lots of opportunities, check that out. I also wanna encourage you to follow me on Instagram every morning at 9 a.m. I've been doing an Insta Insta Live uh, uh, time and devotion uh, to help us as we think through some of the anxiety and fear and how to worship at home like you're doing right now. And so I encourage you to check that out. You know, I wanna remind you that God's church is not a building. And even though we're scattered all over the place, we are not defeated. The four walls that I'm standing in here today do not make up the church. You and I are the church, and this virus is not gonna stop the work of God. It won't stop the gospel of Jesus Christ from changing lives today. And so if you're ready to worship, if you're ready to hear from God, let's follow along in the words of God today. Let's get our Bibles out, maybe download the app, get something to write some notes down with, because God has a word for you today. You know, we're starting a brand new sermon series today, and and we're calling it, Were You There?, And uh, I have been kind of wrestling over the last really seven to 10 days, should I I change uh, what we're about to talk about in in light of what we're going through? And and then the Lord just spoke to me and said, Trent, stick with this scripture that you've planned because it's gonna speak directly to all the fears and to all the feelings and emotions uh, that we're going through right now because we're really gonna look at the last days of Jesus's life and how it relates to these emotions that each one of us are going through uh, during this pandemic. And so we're gonna look at Luke chapter 22, 23, and 24 over the next few weeks. And the idea of the series is that no matter who you are or where you are today, I want you to know how the cross is a part of your story today. You see, everyone has a story. Everyone watching today is on a journey, and, and uh, including me. And you know, a month ago, nobody knew that the coronavirus was gonna do what it is doing. And it, we had no idea it was gonna impact our, our world, that it was gonna impact um, our, our economy like it has. We had no idea it was gonna bring this kind of interruption in our life, but life is filled with interruptions. It's filled with twists and turns that we aren't ready for. And the question that you and I need to ask today is this, how are we going to respond to the challenge before us? How will you respond to the fear that you might be experiencing? And, 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 and what if you fail in your response? What then? Well, today I wanna talk to you about uh, what it really looks like to fight against fear and failure because every single one of us is experiencing some level of fear today, some level of anxiety. In fact, all over the room today, no matter where you're at, at home, living room, bedroom, wherever you find yourself listening, 
Raise your hand if you've experienced any kind of fear or any kind of anxiety over the last few uh, days, weeks. Yeah, I'm raising my hand because I'm dealing with it too. And I want you to hear me today. Satan is trying to create fear in your heart. He wants you to experience this fear. You know why, don't you? I mean, obviously we know why, because fear leads us to doubt in God's word. Fear leads us to doubt God, period. And, and what God wants to, to, to do and, and what he wants to see today is how are you and I going to respond? You know, in the last day of Jesus's life, we read a captivating story. It's filled with all kinds of twists and turns, fears, chaos, people dying, people running for their life. There's all kinds of emotions here. We see Peter, uh, as Jesus's best friend, deny that he even knows Jesus. Why? Because he was afraid of what might happen to him. So he's dealing with fear. We also see the religious leaders who arrest Jesus. They wanna kill Jesus. Why do they wanna do that? They were afraid of how God was changing things. And then there's the brutal beating of Jesus, the suffering that he endured on the cross, how terrible and unjust it was. And it makes us think, man, why does suffering exist in the world? You know, why do viruses and unjust deaths happen like this? And so all of these questions we're gonna be wrestling with over the next few weeks. And you can see, this is exactly what we're going through. These are the exact feelings. We're afraid of what's gonna to happen to us. We're afraid of how God is changing things. We're, uh, we're asking the question, we're confused by why God, why suffering is existing. And so, man, the next few weeks is going to be so encouraging and helpful for us on this journey together. God's gonna get us through this. We're gonna trust in him. And uh, many of you have probably heard that that Jesus died for you, that he went to the cross for you, and, and maybe you think, man, it's just a good story that doesn't have really any impact on your life. It was, it was just a, a terrible thing, and, and Jesus was probably just a good person, but you, you would probably say, look, it's, it's not my fault that Jesus died. I, I didn't do anything to him. It wasn't, it wasn't my responsibility, but in this series, I hope that you realize that the last day of Jesus's life is a big part of your story, and you aren't just an innocent bystander of the events that led to the cross. You see, you were there. I was there. Of course, not physically, but it was our sin that led Jesus to the cross. And so what I wanna start with today is this point. <clears throat> Before you can see the cross as something done for you, you have to see it as something done by you. You see, I think a lot of people watching today, you, you've heard that Jesus died on the cross for you. But if that's all you understand, if that's all you know about the cross, if that's all you're really holding on to today, you've missed the depths of God's grace and love and, and the power behind the cross because you've gotta see it as something done by you until you realize that it was your sin that caused him to suffer and die on the cross. Until you realize that it was your sin that led to his death, you'll never understand the meaning of life. You'll never understand what uh, Easter and the resurrection means. You'll never understand what true happiness and, and true peace looks like, why suffering exists in the world. Those questions won't be answered until you know that it was your sin that took Jesus to the cross. And the scripture today 
Peter's gonna deal with fear. God has rocked his world. His best friend, Jesus, his leader, is arrested, taken away from him. And you could say that Peter socially distanced himself from all of his friends. In fact, all of the disciples scattered, just like many of us today. How is he going to respond to Jesus when fear grips his life? His response can help you. His response can help me in this situation today. And so I want us to lean into Luke chapter 24, verses 31 through 34. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. It's gonna be here on the screen with me today. Again, read ahead. Uh, You can read the whole chapter of 22, 23, and 24 as as we get our hearts ready for this series, and and, uh, this can be a part of your devotion and quiet time this week. But here's what Luke 24, verse 31 says. Peter looks at uh, Peter, and, 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 and his name is Simon Peter, and so, so Jesus kind of changes his name there, but, but uh, Simon, Simon, he says, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. And Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. I love it. And Jesus said, I'm sure he's shaking his head. I'm telling you what, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. Essentially, Jesus is like, look, the rooster, the the day's not going to end and you're gonna deny me three times. You know, in verse 31, it says that Satan demanded to have you. Now, similar to the story of Job, Satan wants to sift, he wants to attack the disciples. And so that, that Greek word that we translate as demanded comes across a little bit stronger than what the Greek actually is. And, and so it's essentially Satan asking for permission to sift the disciples. And I, and I say the disciples because in the Greek, when it says you, it's actually the plural form. And so the enemy wants to sift all of the disciples, but Jesus is specifically saying, Peter, Satan wants to separate you from me. He wants to sift you like wheat. So he wants to separate you from God's purpose, from a relationship with Jesus. And I would say that the enemy wants to do the same thing in your life and in my life, especially in light of our circumstances now. The enemy wants to shake you up. He wants to separate you from other Christians. The enemy wants you to try to, try to lead us to be unfaithful to Jesus right now. And listen, the virus is separating us. We're scattered all over the place. The enemy's gonna use this social distancing to his advantage if you and I let him. If you and I aren't focused right now, if we're not focused on the word and dialed in on God's purpose for our life, if you're not running to Jesus, then you are essentially being separated and sifted from Jesus by the enemy because of our circumstances. And that fear and that anxiety is just gonna continue to well up inside of you. Listen, I don't want you to miss what God wants to do in your life right now. It's so critical and it's obvious that God is is doing something. He wants to tell us something. He wants to do something here. And so we can respond in fear. We, we We can see that, yeah, Satan wants to sift us, but God wants to see how are we going to, in fact, respond. The enemy wants to put fear in your heart. He wants you to panic. He wants you to be afraid. 
He wants you to dump all of your stock in fear. He wants us to run to the store and, and panic and fight over Germax and toilet paper and food. I mean, all over the place here, every, everybody watching online, let's do a little crowd participation again. Um, raise your hand in every household, wherever you're at, if, if you've experienced any kind of fear in the last week or so. Let me see those hands again. Okay, we're, we're all over the place. I see it. See, the enemy wants to use this fear today to separate you from Jesus, to sift you, to get your eyes off of Jesus and onto these problems. And if he can build fear in your heart, he might be able to get your attention off of Jesus and separate you from God's people and get you focused on surviving instead of serving. And so we have to be on our guard. Now let's remember, Satan is subject to God. In other words, he can't do anything without God's permission. And so God himself does not tempt us to sin. As the book of James says, God can't do that. But the enemy is going to fight against you today. He's gonna to fight against God's purpose in your life. As First as Peter says, he's like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so all over our country and world today, the enemy is, is getting some victory in some people's lives because he's casting that fear in each of us. But while the enemy wants fear in your heart, God says this in 1 John 4, 18. He says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. You see, here's the reality. There's no fear in love. What does God wanna do? He wants to put love in your heart. He wants to put his love, his gospel, his truth in your heart. And when that gospel truth gets in your heart, it is perfect love and it drives out fear. It casts out fear. Peter is facing fear. Uh, his future is at stake. Is he gonna fulfill his purpose right now? He's, he's, he's about to fail. He's about to be tempted to deny Jesus. Is he going to fulfill his purpose? And I would say your future is at stake as well. Right here, right now, right where we're experiencing this pandemic, will you become a leader as Jesus wants you to become or will this event ruin you? Will you cause it to, um, you know, will it cause you to walk away from your faith, ruin your faith, ruin your future, ruin your witness. You see, Jesus once wanted Peter to know three truths in that stressful season that he was about to go through. And I want you to know this. Jesus wants you to know at least three truths in this stressful time that he wants you to understand, that he wants me to understand, is gonna help carry us through this difficult time. And look again at your scripture in verse 32. Here's the first thing that Jesus says. Jesus says this. He says, I'm praying for you. He says, I, I prayed for you, Peter, in, in verse 32. Uh, Jesus prayed that, that his faith wouldn't fail. He says, you're, gonna, you're going to, to, to mess up. You're going to deny me, but I've prayed that your faith wouldn't fail. You know what a great truth that is for us today, that Jesus is praying for us? Romans 8, 34 says that Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding. That means praying for us right now, Romans 8, 26 says, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So the Holy Spirit is, is interceding, praying for us through wordless groans. These groans, so powerful, we don't even have words to really comprehend and explain the depths of his prayers for us right here, right now. We can receive this truth. He knows what you're going through today. He knows the fears financially that you have. He knows the fears and anxiety about this virus. And Jesus wants you to know something today. He's praying for you. Now, 
Have you ever had anybody pray over you? At FC, we call them care through prayer moments. It's, 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 it's kind of, you know, when, when someone says, hey, I'm dealing with this or I'm struggling with this, instead of saying, oh, hey, yeah, I'll pray for you later and then, you know, kind of walk away. Instead of doing that, it's, it's, it's actually praying with that person right then, right there. We ask people to put their hand on their shoulder and just say a, a couple of sentence prayer. And it's, it's super encouraging. Now, why would somebody do that? Well, I think it's a really special time between believers and, and it, it makes us feel like this person really does care about us and, and that they, they really want God to step in and do this. And, and ultimately they do this because, you know, they love us. They care for us. They want to care for us and that they want God to do something great. And it gives this, this sense of courage and strength when someone prays over you. Now think about it. Why would Jesus say in our text today, why would he tell Peter and why is he telling us, why is he remi- <clears throat> excuse me, reminding us that he's praying for you? It's simple. Because he wants you to know he cares for you. That he hasn't forgotten you. He wants you to overcome this. He wants you to experience power through this and joy through this. He doesn't want this virus to ruin you. He says, you're, you're gonna face trouble in this world. But remember, he says, I have overcome the world so you don't have to worry. He says, I got you, I'm praying for you. You know, one of the greatest ways we can serve each other right now as a church is, is by praying for, uh, for each other. Now, now, don't put your hand on anybody's shoulder today. You might get Lysol sprayed in your face, don't want anything like that, but you can call somebody and pray with them over the phone. You can text a prayer to a friend. You can post a prayer on social media. Uh, you, you can pray for each other. In stressful times, I think it's helpful that we remember that we're, we're praying for each other, we're in this together. But even more importantly, Jesus is praying for us, which means he cares for us. The second truth that we learn in this stressful time is simply this. When we face this stressful time, we need to be ready to repent. We've gotta be ready to repent right now, folks. In verse 32, Jesus says, when you turned again, in other words, Peter, you're going to, you're, you're going to deny me, but when you turn again, in other words, when you repent of that sin, Peter, Jesus is saying you're going to fail, but I want you to recognize that failure. I want you to recognize that sin. I want you to admit that you have messed up, and I want you to turn back to me. This could be the most important thing that you hear today. When we experience fear in our life, it can easily lead us to sin. Think about it. We fear that we're not gonna have enough money to pay our bill. And then all of a sudden we start cheating and lying to make it up. You fear this virus and all of a sudden you aren't trusting God's provision and you let anxiety and worry take control of your emotions. You see, when we let fear set in, it's, we're more tempted to sin. We're more tempted to fail. And so now is a time for you and I to recognize our sin, repent of sin, and walk with God. In this moment, I believe, is a wake-up call for us. It's a wake-up call for you. It's a wake-up call for me. Is God reminding us just how fragile we are as a people? Is he reminding us just how quickly everything that we have and everything that we've been trusting in and focusing on can be taken away from us just like that? You know, when you read the Old Testament, catastrophic events happen and, 
it was usually because God was trying to get the attention of his people. He, was getting, he wanted them to do something. And, and I'm not saying that what is happening right now is, is God trying to do this or to do that. He's not, I'm not saying it's a judgment of any kind. A, a lot of times things like this happen just because of, 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 of fallen mankind and, and the broken world that we live in. And we're gonna talk about that in this series, why this might be happening. But, but I don't know what he's doing right now, but I do know that he calls us to repent of sin turn to him and walk with him no matter what situation that we face. And so Peter responds to Jesus and he says, Jesus, <clears throat> I hear what you're saying, bro, but listen, man, I, I, I'm ready to go to jail with you. You know, I'm, I'm ready to get locked up with you, Jesus. I'm ready to die with you. And I love his response because you kind of see his, his ego and his pride and maybe even his immaturity, but but he's saying, man, I'm ready to walk into the jail cell with you. Uh, and, and, and a lot of times we do the same thing. Like, like we tell the Lord, you know, I, 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 you know I, I, I like you, you know, you're good and all, but I'm gonna live my life outside of your strength. I believe you exist, but I'm gonna kind of do my own thing here. I got this, Lord. And Jesus is saying, Peter, you're gonna fail. Don't argue with me. Slow your roll down. And be ready to turn back to me when you realize you have in fact messed up. Jesus says, you're gonna deny me today before the end of the day. You know, the rooster's gonna crow in the morning before the end of this day. You know, you're going to in fact deny me. Oh man, how heartbreaking it would have been for, for Peter to hear that. And then later on in verses 54 through I think 62, go read it today. But Jesus, uh, Peter in fact does that. He, he denies that he knows Jesus three times to various servants and, and he's, he's walking around. They're like, hey, don't you follow Jesus? He's like, no, 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 not me. Immediately the third time that, that Peter was denying that he knew Jesus, here's what verse 61 says. As soon, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord. This is in Luke 22, verse 61. How he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. So it took the third denial for Peter to remember. It took the rooster crowing. You know, the, the rooster crowing was a trigger. It triggered Peter's memory. God has given you certain triggers in your life. When you hear a song, when you hear somebody talk about something, when you go to a certain place, those are triggers that, that God reminds you of certain things. And I wonder if for some of you, those triggers have been beating you up because it reminded you of a failure. It reminds you of how you messed up and how you aren't good enough. But can I tell you something today that might help you? The rooster crowing, <laughs> it, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a curse on Peter. The rooster crowing, that trigger was a blessing because it reminded him of, of the words of Jesus that said, turn back to me. You say, what do you mean? Why, you know? And, and, and I would say, well, listen, remember, Peter well, he's, he told Peter he was gonna fail. And uh, he, Peter does fail because of the fear that was ruling his decisions. And if fear rules your decisions, your faith is, is, is going to decrease and, and weaken. And, and, and see, Peter's fear for his own life, um, Peter's arrest, or Jesus' arrest, 
Peter, Peter doesn't want to be arrested. He doesn't want people to find out that he's a disciple. He doesn't know what might happen. So he's allowed this fear to, to come into his life. Um, he doesn't know, uh, he doesn't want people to know about who he is and, and what he's been a part of. And so, so even though he's messed up now, this rooster has triggered his memory of the words of Jesus. He realizes fear has set in, right? So if you and I read the story of Peter and we don't see ourselves in it, we're missing something extremely important. We're missing the whole point. If you can read the story of Peter and say, man, I would never do that. I would never deny Jesus like that. You know, I would never allow that to happen. You've missed the whole point because the story is there to remind us that any of us, given the right circumstances, can deny Jesus. Think about it. That's, that, that's, that's why he's saying this. He's, that, that's why we're saying, like, you were there. You've denied Jesus. You've denied his power. You've allowed fear of what people think or what might happen to you to lead you to deny knowing Jesus. You've tried to keep him a secret. You've been embarrassed to pray in public. You've been embarrassed to read your Bible in public. You, you've denied him. You've walked away from him to gain the world. You've ignored him. You've treated him like he wasn't important. You've walked away because you thought you wouldn't make as much money if you follow Jesus. You're just like Peter. I'm just like Peter. So Peter fails. He failed because he let fear dictate his actions. His pride wouldn't let him even consider that he would make a mistake. His pride and ego was so high, he was like, Jesus, I am not gonna mess up, you know? And you know what? Our pride can step up when fear sets in as well. And we've gotta be on our guard when it does, because it's happening. Even right now, as we face this situation, our pride might well up and say, I'm gonna get it done, you know? I'm gonna take care of the family. I'm gonna do this, right? We've gotta be on guard about our pride, because here's what pride does in our life. Pride makes you think you don't need to listen to Jesus. Nah, Jesus, I don't believe you. I'm going to prison with you. Nah, I'm not. I'm, I'll die with you, Jesus. Jesus says, no, you won't, Peter. Some of you have gone a long time and, and uh, you're, you're not listening to anything Jesus has been telling you. Your pride has made you think you don't need to listen to him, but, but now you're, you're stuck at home. <laughs> Some of you can't go to work. You, you may not get paid this week. I wonder, is it time for us to listen to God? Is it time to let down our pride and hear what God has to say to us? Here's another thing that pride does. Pride makes you think you can do things that God says won't work. Happens all the time. We try to do things. God in his word already says it won't work. Some of you have been seeking happiness in relationships and money, going out to clubs, getting drunk, hooking up. You think, you know, you can experience the good life that way. But Jesus says, no, that life always leads to emptiness. You can't find happiness that way. But pride says, I can do things that God says won't work. But if you're honest with yourself, I pray that today you'll admit that you aren't happy and your pride has kept you away from giving your life to Jesus. Maybe this one is you. Maybe your pride has led you to ignore Jesus altogether. Some of you have been thinking you can focus on making you know, money and uh, living your life and just do whatever you wanna do and, and basically ignore Jesus. Maybe this virus is a wake-up call for you and, and God is saying, you're ignoring me. And if you ignore me, it's never gonna go well for you. And so maybe he's using this to get our attention and, 
We need to stop ignoring him and, and press into him. Listen, G, uh, Jesus sees Peter. He says, you're gonna fail. And then Peter fails. And this virus might actually expose some of your failures. Maybe it's gonna expose a failure to plan financially. And you'll have to face that failure. How are you gonna respond? Maybe your faith has been rattled and you've been panicking and not really trusting God. Maybe you're realizing that you've been failing to live for God's purpose in your life. You've been trusting in your job. You've been trusting your money. All your activities, you've been trusting in these things to bring you joy, but now you're at home and you're not able to go out as God saying, you've left me. And like Peter, you've denied me. You haven't been given me proper, a proper place, the proper place in your life. You haven't made me a, a priority. What's it gonna take for you? What's it gonna take for me? Well, if you're still with me, if you're listening at home and you realize you failed, what do you need to do? Here's a couple things. Remember, Jesus is praying for you, which means he loves you, he cares for you, and he wants you to overcome this. Secondly, be ready to repent. Today, right now, be ready to admit to God that you've messed up, that you've sinned against him, and, and decide today to live your life for Jesus. But is that the end of the story? I mean, do we walk away now? Peter failed, he's a loser, don't be like Peter. No, not at all. Look at your Bible, circle this phrase in your Bible. You know, make a note today. God uh, has given us a phrase here that we have, we have read past, we have blown by. I want you to cling to this promise today. If you failed the Lord any time in your life, if you've ever messed up, what I'm about to share with you makes me so happy today because if you look at verse 32 again, he says, I want you to strengthen your brothers, Peter. So what I've written here is strengthen others with your story. That's essentially what Jesus wants us to do. He says, Peter, you're gonna fail. You're gonna mess up, but I have prayed for you because I love you and I'm with you. And after you fail, I want you to repent. I want you to seek forgiveness. I want you to turn to me, right? After you royally fail, I'm not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna kick you to the curb, Peter. I'm not gonna kick you to the curb, whoever you are listening today. God is saying, I want you to seek forgiveness. Then I will forgive you. Then I want you to forgive yourself. I'm gonna pick you up. I'm gonna strengthen you. And I'm gonna watch how I am going to do incredible things in your life. This is God's message for you. Sometimes God's gonna allow you to fail so that you know what it feels like to hit rock bottom. Jesus says, when you hit rock bottom, turn to me. And you'll experience the most powerful love, the most precious love. It's a perfect love that casts out fear. And he wants to give it to you today. You see, we've all been sifted. We've all failed. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But that failure isn't the end of the story because God has a greater purpose for you. No matter who you are today, no matter what you've done, you've got to trust his purpose in this situation your part is to turn away from sin, turn to him, and then once you turn away from that sin, seek his forgiveness, your responsibility is to strengthen your brothers. In other words, strengthen people with your story. Be ready to teach other people how to find the mercy of God, how, how, to, how, to, how to live for the Lord. Share your story, even though it's not a perfect journey, it's not a perfect story. You talk about how God saved you and forgave you and is working in you 
Who are you strengthening today? Have you, has this virus made all the focus spin and turn inwardly on you? I wonder who you're strengthening today. I wanna, I wanna encourage you today to share your story and let the grace of God be on display in that story. Think about it. What if Peter was too ashamed uh, to share his story? What if Peter let his failure keep him silent and, and he just didn't fulfill his purpose in his life? What if he allowed that to happen? Listen, he would have never experienced Pentecost. Acts chapter two, the day God sent the Holy Spirit to live within us as his people. He never would have felt the fire of God's spirit in his life. He would have never said these words in in verse 38 of Acts two to repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't have seen those 3,000 people give their life to Jesus and then an incredible ministry and leadership and life that he lived for the glory of God. Some of you are giving up on yourself way too soon. Some of you are giving up on God. Some of you have given up on the church. You've given up serving the Lord. Things have gotten a lot difficult. The pressure has turned up a little too high for us. It caused you to doubt God. But do do, do the Lord, uh, does the Lord right now, is he speaking to you? The Lord wants you. He's calling you to keep pressing forward. Some of you are ready to turn back to him today. You're ready to turn away from sin. You're ready to turn to Jesus. You're tired of of letting fear win. You're tired of letting the enemy win. You're ready to say yes to Jesus. And no matter where you're at, no matter who you are today, I wanna ask that right now in your homes, that everyone would just kind of settle this matter, that, that you wouldn't distract each other, that right now, just in the quietness of the space that you're in, no matter where you are, if you're ready to turn from sin and give your life to Jesus today, I wanna lead you in a prayer that I believe the Holy Spirit will use to save you, that you would just simply say this to God. And if it's a, it's a statement, that's not a magical prayer, but if it's a commitment, if, if you make these words your words and you turn from sin and you give your life to Jesus, you give him authority of your life, Scripture says that he'll save you. The Holy Spirit will then come into your life. He'll forgive you of your sins. And then you'll begin to live a life dedicated to Jesus, giving you the the spirit of power and not of fear today. So all over the place, no matter where you're watching, I wanna ask you to bow your heads right now. Will you just tell the Lord right now, if you wanna give your life to Jesus, just say, dear heavenly Father, I confess that I am a sinner Forgive me of my sins. Tell him right now, wherever you're at, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and save me today. I give you my life, Jesus. I dedicate my life to you. I give you complete authority of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of the cross Thank you for giving me the hope of heaven now. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Folks, if you're at home today, you prayed that prayer. There's a button underneath the screen that says a connect card. I want you to click on that. 
I want you to share the decision that you just made with us. We're not gonna call you. We're not gonna do anything to, uh, to, to distract you or to get in the, you know, your way. We just wanna know who you are so we can pray for you. And if you do need anything for us, if you need prayer, if you need something, we do wanna help you. So click that button, the connect card, and then, man, we're gonna do everything we can to minister to you. Thanks for tuning in. This is gonna be a fantastic series. Hey, check me out on Instagram tomorrow at 9 a.m. as we dive into the Word of God and, and begin to talk about some of these hard questions that we're all facing. Let me pray for us today all over the place. Father Jesus, we love you. Thank you for the cross. And Lord, we recognize that it was our sin that took you to the cross. And Lord, we're confessing our sin to you today. We are turning back to you and we pray that we would strengthen our brothers around us. We have a mission, we have a purpose. Even in the midst of this chaotic season in the world, you are still God, you still reign. And we serve you, we wanna share your love with those around us, God. We trust that you're gonna care for us. We trust that you're leading us. And so Father, we confess our need for you today. Bless those listening. That God, we would take this word and it would inspire us, and lead us to strengthen our brothers. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.